Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tom Hopkins joining us right now wrote a piece this morning that I saw on my feed for Connecticut. I think it's Inside Investigations, Inside Investigator. Tom, you'll have to tell me if I'm mispronouncing it. But whatever it is, it's a fabulous website accessible to all that is doing some really important in-depth, in-depth investigative reporting. And, you know, that has been um, something that people have been complaining about, has been missing, lacking, because it takes a lot of hard work. And a lot of people glom off of the results of brilliant investigative reporters, and people don't want to pay for all of that work. But I am really delighted, uh, Tom, about the work that you're doing. This morning, you wrote a story called Behind Closed Doors, CCSU's Broken Assault Accountability System. That's your headline. Tom Hopkins, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hello. Having me. Um, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, Tom... Uh, let me just set the stage a little bit, and then you correct me if I'm wrong. You sure. you received information, tip otherwise, and you'll tell us about it as much as you can, that, mm-hmm. that an individual basketball player by the name of Peyton Stevens had seriously hurt his girlfriend, like seriously hurt her. Mm-hmm. And you were following up on what consequences, if any, came out as a result of this report. Is that right? Yeah, it's actually a baseball player, but yeah, oh, his name pardon is me. Peyton okay. Stevens. Yep, okay. and I received a direct email um, from the woman who got assaulted. Her mother had reached out to me directly because she had been trying for you know over a year to get some sort of accountability from um, out of the whole situation, and ultimately wasn't able to. So we were kind of her last you know option, seeking some kind of help. So, okay, so this now, when you get a story like this, this individual hasn't been accused of a crime. Well, you'll tell us about that. But the point is that he's allowed to the presumption of innocence until he's guilty. And he is a young man. He's probably still under the age of 25, I would guess. 
and we mm-hmm. have we have a raise the age kind of thinking going on in Connecticut about holding people responsible for crimes. So there's mm-hmm. sort of a lot of policy overlay, and I don't want to convict this young man on the air. That's not what we do. I would never do that. What I want to ask you is, as an investigative reporter, uh, when you reported this, how much do you check the facts before you go to print with things? Tell me about that. Oh, well, I'm extremely thorough, and I wouldn't go to print with anything I didn't, you know, confirm myself. And he was charged with crimes. Um, As linked in the story, there is um, a screenshot of the Connecticut judicial website showing that he was indeed charged with um, domestic violence and uh, breach of peace that night. So that was, you know, one step in confirming the allegations. And um, I also reached out to him directly, and he didn't deny anything had happened. He, you know, confirmed that he was arrested for what um, we were talking about in the story for assaulting his ex-girlfriend. So um, very careful with things like the, uh, things like these because, again, like you said, um, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Um, so we want to make sure we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's, so to speak, when going public with something that is, you know, potentially damaging to someone's reputation. And the big picture here is, and the reason, Tom Hopkins, that I asked you to come on is because there is a very real reality of pervasive intimate partner violence in Connecticut, elsewhere in the country as well. But I want to focus on our state. It hasn't gone away. The statistics are very alarming. It's the number one crime reported in suburban police districts. And it's, um, it's not going away. I mean, it just doesn't seem to ever be abating. So tell us a little bit about this story. Yeah, like you said, intimate partner violence is a very uh, pervasive issue. I think there's a statistic out there that, like, I think every eight hours a woman is murdered by her boyfriend or significant other or whatever. Um, but with this story, this Um, is focusing on CCSU's handling of the situation and that they didn't, you know, very clearly from the reporting, didn't really take it seriously, didn't hold the player accountable. He got to continue participating with the basketball or baseball team, sorry, and um, being a student there where, you know, he was potentially a danger to other women on the campus. And, this is something we've seen with CCSU before, going back, you know, a few years to the senior department scandal, where, um, you know, several women had reported that professors in the theater department were, you know, engaging in sexual misconduct with them, harassing them, what have you. And they didn't take it seriously until the school newspaper broke it, broke the story. And then that's when things started happening. Then they, you know, we're like, we're going to retool the system so that this never happens again. And then, you know, just two years later, you know, this happens. And I'm reporting it today. And um, it just kind of goes to show that they haven't taken the issue seriously. And something needs to be done about that. All right. So here's the story. So your story talks about a, a girl named Molly. Mm-hmm. And Molly, in May of 2020, you say, awaited the arrival of her ex-boyfriend at her apartment in New Britain. 
Yes. The pair had started dating in late 2018, but had called it quits earlier in the year. And you say, quote, the visit was meant to be friendly and casual, but -hmm. there was a lingering issue that needed to be resolved. What are you referring to? Molly had been receiving harassing text messages from an anonymous person. She didn't know who it was um, and who was bringing up Peyton, saying that the anonymous messenger was saying that she had a sexual relationship with Peyton while Molly and Peyton were dating and, you know, was just being harassing to her. So before they had, you know, we're going to hang out. She wanted to address this issue of this harassing uh, anonymous person and um, kind of get that out of the way. And then when she confronted him with it, he became angry and, according to her, assaulted her. And uh, and not brutally. just according to her, pretty brutally, right? About two hours yeah. later, you said the police took photos. What what did he do to her, allegedly? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He, she, she told me. And, well, you know, he was also charged, but she told me that he spit in her face and slapped her in the face and then grabbed her by her head and smashed her face repeatedly against the steering wheel and dashboard of his car and then slammed his door, his car door, on her ribs and torso before, you know, kicking her to the ground and then driving off. So pretty horrible rage, and she calls the police, and they take mm-hmm. pictures, and he's charged with third-degree domestic violence and second-degree breach of peace. And then the family says, okay, he's going to a state college. They need to know about this. So then what happens? Right. So, um, And he mother... was, by the way, he was on a scholarship at the time. He wasn't just a baseball player. According to your reporting, Tom Hopkins, he was on a scholarship. That's right. He was on a scholarship. And the mother, Molly's mother, reached out to the school, made them aware of the issue of the assault, his arrest, et cetera. And um, they they said um, that they were going to investigate the matter, handle it. And, um, yeah, like I said in the report, took them 10 months to close the case. But when they closed the case, they completely shut Molly and her family out of the disciplinary proceedings uh, regarding Peyton and his assault. And they still don't know if he was ever held accountable for what he had done to her. And according to um, Peyton, who I spoke to on the phone, he told me he was found, quote, not guilty by CCSU. So um, pretty safe to say he didn't have any consequences thrown his way did he lose his baseball scholarship no he was able to continue in school and 10 months is a really long time don't you think yeah 10 months is a long time especially when you know he was arrested for it you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the school got you know statements from not only molly but other witnesses her family you know, the photos of her injuries and medical reports because she had to go to the, uh, you know, urgent care. Um, she suffered a concussion and contusions on her uh, ribs and such and her head um, and had documentation of all of that. So 
it's kind of hard to understand what would take 10 months to figure out if he like actually did anything or not, if he was in the wrong here, you know? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. We're talking to Tom Hopkins, a, an investigative reporter here in Connecticut. Not only that, according to your reporting, he graduates from college. He tells you later on right now that he thinks he's not guilty or was found not guilty. But what happens mm-hmm. to poor Molly? Molly has to take a medical leave, and she's going to the University of Hartford. Right, yeah. She, because of all this abuse she suffered from, allegedly suffered from Peyton, it affected her mentally and emotionally, and she was a student at the University of Hartford and had to, um, unfortunately, uh, withdraw from the university because she just it was just too hard for her at the time. So what is wrong with that picture, Tom? What is wrong with that picture? Somebody beats up a girlfriend in plain sight in a parking lot in public. He goes, and, you know, his life isn't particularly changed all that much in the end. And mm-hmm. she is suffering what is wrong with this picture it's just something we've seen in our society far too often i think just no consequences when men do something wrong especially you know when it's violence against women and um it's unfortunate so a lot of what you say and and i really appreciate all the detail in this reporting it's it's really quite stunning tom and i thank you for doing it You talk about all of the specific ways in which in the past it wasn't just this one incident. There were other incidents. And then you talk Mm -hmm. about this assault. You talk about the mother, Diana's involvement. And then this is is an interesting part, I thought, where you say when the New Britain police arrived, according to the mom, Diana, they collected a statement from Molly and they took their own photos of her injuries. The police Mm -hmm. then asked Molly if she wanted to press charges. And initially, Molly said no. Let's just pause with that, because that's very common in these cases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's also the fear factor there, right? Yes. Afraid of any kind of repercussions she would get from Peyton, potentially. They were afraid to even, you know, come to me with a story. They came to me at first, and then, you know, as it started going on, and, like, we were getting closer to publishing— they were kind of having second thoughts about the whole thing because they were afraid of any, um, you know, retaliation um, for you know going public with this. So that's and, the other um, pause. Yeah. So let's talk about how brave it was and how brave it is in general of victims of assault 
in this world in which they're so afraid that their assaulter is going to get at them again, to go to the police and say, I've changed my mind. I'm willing to testify. (laughs) By the way, I just want to say as an aside, as a lawyer, that police and prosecutors can theoretically prosecute a case even if someone isn't going to, quote, press charges. What we mean by pressing charges is a willingness of the victim to testify because without that, a prosecutor very often feels like they, in the end they'll have no case. But the truth <laughs> is a prosecutor can introduce other kinds of evidence, medical records, other kinds of reports without having a victim actually testify. And so sometimes prosecutors, sometimes prosecutors for their own reasons will say, you may not want to press charges, but I do. Right. But a lot of the time, as soon as police ask the question and a victim backs off, the police say, okay, I'm on to my next. And that's unfortunate for all of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. So just that was just like a little bit of a legal aside. But so Molly changes her mind. And according to your reporting, Tom Hopkins, Molly decided that Stevens needed to be held accountable because she was hoping he wouldn't hurt anybody else. So right. then so then she calls the police. He is arrested. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. He's released on bond. How common is that? Yeah, I mean, people get released on bond every day. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if you can afford it, that is, you know, this is also like, you know, very much a class issue where, you know, those who can't afford bond, you know, stay in prison. You know, we're talking about we were just talking about innocent until proven guilty yet, you know, only if you can afford it, really. Right. You know, he can afford it. He gets out on bond. I don't know what the bond is. You don't say in the article, but whatever it is, he's in it. And then she starts to pursue this with CCSU and she's right away given the brush off. Right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have the emails between um, the two parties, CCSU, the investigator, and, um, you know, Molly's mother, who was, you know, advocating on behalf of her daughter this whole time because her daughter was very, you know, emo- trying to move on, like, in her head mentally and emotionally because it was very emotionally scarring for her, of course. Um, but, yeah, we have the emails from those two parties linked to the article and you know it shows that ccsu was not very responsive and you know kind of very curt and short and um didn't seem like they really cared all that much from based on the emails yes okay and so and then what happens tom hopkins then what happens so so she tries to do the best that she can what happens in the end, to uh, Peyton Stevens with respect to all of this, cr- uh, criminally, as well as with CCSU. CCSU says, after 10 months, we're closing the book on this. The mom isn't invited to the hearing, right? Nobody can actually testify. So right. th- they don't really hear from the victim or the victim's side besides the fact that the victim wants to testify, not allowed to. And they cite this family privacy thing. Do you think that that's a, 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 the way in which the family privacy law is properly used? No. Very clearly, you know, this has been documented very clearly in other places. But uh, universities have a tendency to hide behind these uh, FERPA laws, as they're called, to kind of shield themselves from releasing embarrassing information. And, you know, it's very clear that FERPA 
the scope of FERPA does not cover, um, you know, the release of disciplinary proceedings against a perpetrator of violence against a victim. The victim has the right to know what happens to um, this person who assaulted them. And it states as much as CCSU, in CCSU's own policy. So if that were true, that FERPA, it is against FERPA law to disclose this information to the victim, then why is it in their own policy? It doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, they never released the, the results of the investigation. And criminally um, speaking, um, Peyton was able to complete a course called the Family Violence Education Program, which consists of nine, uh, yeah, nine 90-minute classes, um, and then in turn for him completing that program, his charges were dropped. I know. I saw that. Um, I I don't know what to say. Um, I didn't know that there was such a thing. I didn't know if you were accused of assaulting a woman, banging her head, breaking, injuring her ribs, causing contusions, slamming a car door on her, whatever the heck it was. It was pretty bad that you could get off with just some 90-minute classes. I was not aware that that was an option in Connecticut. You've taught me something. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be informative, but I'm sorry it's such a bleak reality. It's just I don't know where we're going. I don't, you know, in some ways Connecticut and, and in general our society is terribly unforgiving. And in some ways I think we're missing the big picture. I, mm-hmm. think, I think if we focus on violence and violent crime, then I think we could have a consensus, a collective understanding that there are some people who need to be punished slash rehabilitated slash kept away from us until their violent behavior is addressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. I was just gonna, I was just going to add on to that. Um, just yeah, it's unfortunate um, reality when um, it seems to happen a lot with these crimes against women. You know, just a few weeks ago, that woman who said, you know, went to the police saying, you know, my ex-boyfriend is, you know, unhinged. He's threatening to kill me. I think he's going to kill me. You know, nothing was done about it. And what did he do? He went to her house with an axe and killed her in front of her kids. You That's know? right. Um, it's a very serious issue, um, you know, violence against women and just, like, our apparent un- inability to address these serious issues. Tom Hopkins, I want to thank you for your reporting. Thank you for calling in today. I'll be looking for your byline. Tell us how to find your reports. Sure. My reporting is on Connecticut Inside Investigator. It's uh, insideinvestigator.org. And, um, you know, sign up for our emails and you can get our um, investigation sent straight to your inbox every Sunday. Uh, Very well worth doing. And I want to thank you and the organization behind you for your work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. We'll be right back. 203-333-9422 with Emily Palin who's going to discuss some solutions that appear to have created some metrics to show that with the right kind of tactics and strategies and the right kind of effort, we really can improve educational results for the kids who need it most. 
Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 